0: This is Emissions Podcast with Ashley Kim, Episode 6. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Emissions Podcast presented by Livia's Prep and hosted by yours truly, Ashley. For those of you who don't know through this podcast, we here at Livius are hoping to be able to provide you with some helpful tips and guides when it comes to applying to colleges. Today, I will be interviewing a recent graduate from Bridgewater State. Some quick facts about Bridgewater State. Bridgewater State University is a public university with its main campus in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. It is the largest of nine state universities in Massachusetts. It has about a 19 to one student to faculty ratio with about 22 average students per class. And it has around 9,000 undergraduate students, 53% of which are first-generation students, and 25% of students are students of color. BSU has also approximately over 3,000 courses in more than 100 areas of study, and they also offer 250 study abroad programs in more than 50 different countries. They have over 90 student clubs and organizations. They have 22 NCAA division three teams for both men and women. They have nine club sports and 14 intramural sports. Alrighty, so on call, we have Lauren who is a recent graduate from Bridgewater State. Lauren, so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being willing to be part of this podcast. Um, do you wanna go ahead and just introduce yourself, give us your year of graduation, what major, um, and anything else that you think would be relevant to this conversation?
1: Yeah, so my name's Lauren Bandoyan. I um, went to Bridgewater State, and I graduated in 2015. I majored in uh, physical education with a focus on the licensure track. Um, so right now, I am a physical education teacher, um, and I also played soccer at Bridgewater State for three years. Wow, that's awesome! It's, uh did you play on the the
0: the actual like team, or was it more yes. like? Yeah,
1: I I played on the um, varsity team. Um, Mm -hmm. They do have a lot of club sports, but um, I found the since Bridgewater is Division Mm three, I found that the competition was very strong, and you were able to also like have a second, like you have a job. Whereas, um, like if you were to play Division two or Division one, it's kind of hard to do it all to do all everything you want to do. So that's why I really liked playing soccer at a Division three school.
0: That's awesome. We'll definitely talk a little bit more about that because I'm sure we have some students listening in who are, you know, looking to go into colleges with certain sports and I'm very curious to kind of learn about what that experience was like. Um, but before we get into all that, um, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember like what GPA and what test scores you have when you apply to Bridgewater State and was Bridgewater State kind of like
1: your reach school, your target school, was it your number one choice? So these are great questions. I I was very nervous about the college application process. I'm not a good standardized test taker. I did not get a good score on the SATs. Um, I think when I was in, in high school, the SAT score was really high. Like the highest number you could get was, I don't know, somewhere in like the 2000s, like 2,500 or something like that. I don't know. Um, that's how much I didn't like the SATs, but <laughs> I uh, didn't get a good score. I think I got maybe like a 1500 and that was like trying my hardest. Um, yeah. But I had really good grades in high school. I think I graduated with like a three, four, okay. um, which I was proud of. Um, yeah. And that made me more than eligible to apply for any state school. So I applied to Bridgewater State, Framingham State, um, and then I also applied to UMass Amherst. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last school I applied to was Nichols college, but I only applied there cause the application was free. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I only applied to four schools and I would say my reach school was probably UMass Amherst, but I knew I would get in with my grades, which I did. Okay.
0: Um, in terms of like the soccer and just being on the team, was that something that was like part of your application process? Like were you kind of recruited or were you like looked at, or did you have to send in like a separate thing? Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't know much about, you know, sports and colleges. So yeah. can you tell a little bit about what that experience was like for you?
1: So it depends. Everyone's experience is different. I mean, if you are really, really good, um, schools come seek you out. Um, but that wasn't the case for me. I really loved soccer. So I pursued it. I, I worked with there's a media, de- I went to Medford High School. And um, there was a very large media department there. And I worked with them to create like a highlight video. So we yeah. used to have people film our games in high school. And so then I would take the clips and I made my own highlight video and I sent it out to all the schools I applied for. And um, just was very diligent about reaching out to the coaches and then and then basically, they just tell you what you need. And I I um, tried out as a walk on and I ended up working out. Wow, that's so great. That's awesome.
0: Um, okay, so now you're in Bridgewater State. Um, the one thing that I know that a lot of students kind of wonder and question is what are the dorms like? Um, did you guys have like a separate dorm? Or were you like, kind of Roomed with um like your teammates because I know that at my school, usually the sports teams um, were kind of room put in a room together. I know you said you were a walk-on, but you know, what was that experience like for you as a freshman and living in the dorms? Did you live on dorms?
1: I did live in the dorms. I was I was confused um too about that process. I didn't know if I should just pick, like go random and just like, you know, um, take the risk of not knowing my roommates. I could have chosen someone from the soccer team, but I wasn't sure if I was gonna make the team. So I was kind of nervous about that. So I just, um, I applied to go random. And so I lived in a dorm called Shea Durgan, which is a huge freshman dorm. There's two sides to it. One one side is Shea, one side is Durgan. And that's really where you meet like most of the people um, in your freshman year. There is another freshman hall called Woodward Hall, which is on the complete other side of campus. So there's, you're either a Woodward Hall freshman or you're a Shea Durgan freshman. Uh, Shea Durgan is huge. So a lot more people um, got stuck with Shea Durgan. Woodward was a lot uh, smaller. So I guess uh, depending on which dorm that you end up in, it kind of really shapes your perspective of Bridgewater because um, they're on completely different sides of campus.
0: Okay, how big is the campus? Is it like a walking distance from one end to the other, or
1: do you have to ride the bus? I would say maximum. Um, they did have like buses when I was at, in the school, so um, you could take a bus across campus, but it would take maximum from one side to the to the very end, twenty minute walk. So it's really not that bad, and it's very flat, so it's not that hard to walk in at all. And it's very scenic it's very pretty too. the campus is very pretty so it's not bad walk at all it's definitely doable like. If you have like a half an hour in between classes and one class is on the other side of campus it's definitely doable to walk a lot of kids rode bikes and stuff like that.
0: Oh that's great so you said it was more of a flat campus is it kind of like in the suburbs, is it in the city, how is it kind of structured in terms of just like campus. You know. So
1: Bridgewater State is a very, a uh, Bridgewater, Massachusetts is a very old um, town. Okay. It's very pretty. There's a Bridgewater Center, but it's nothing like a city. It's very, it's very um, suburban, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, yeah. It's like 45 minutes south of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a little town. It's a little college town.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so then a little bit more about the school, like are there any like specific popular majors or specific professors that a lot of students, you know, really wanna take classes with, or is it kind of all just kind of spread out?
1: Well, teaching is one of the number one majors at Bridgewater State. They have a large teaching program and they do something called the block, which is basically like a one, like for a whole semester you would teach like at a school. Um, and a lot of, if you were an elementary teaching major, that's what you had to do. So it was, you had to finish all of your MTELs, which was five MTELs before you could do the block. So it's a lot of work, but a lot of kids chose to do the five-year program where you would do like, um, the first four years of your undergraduate. And then you would do one final year to complete your master's degree. So you would get everything you need in five years. A lot of teachers did that. I didn't do that because um, mm-hmm. I wanted to finish early and I didn't know what yeah. I wanted to do for my master's. But so teaching is a huge one. Okay. Another one was criminal justice. Ooh. Yeah. And the other one, when I was leaving, they built a huge brand new state of the art science building. Okay. So science and biology was a huge major as well. Wow. That's really and cool. And computer, big on computer sciences too. Okay, okay, great.
0: Um, do you have to go into school like as a declared major or can you kind of declare that later on throughout?
1: You can definitely go in. I went in undecided. A lot of freshmen do. Okay. Um, and then, so your first year or at least your first semester, if you go in undecided, you can just take core classes because you have to complete a certain amount of core classes that have nothing to do with your major. So, if you go in undecided, you basically just tackle those first. Right. Um, And there's a lot of options like my first class that i ever walked into at bridgewater state was called ethics of harry potter (laughs) and it was uh, basically they just have classes that you know teach philosophy but do it in a more interesting way make you think um outside the box which i really appreciated bridgewater had a lot of great creative options like that if um but so after my first semester i declared my physical education major and then i started taking physical education classes in the uh, second half of my first, my freshman year. Wow, that is so cool. What was the Harry Potter class like? <laughs> it was so great. I mean, the teacher <laughs> was so smart, and she just drew a lot of connections to Aristotle and uh, J.K. Rowling's um, book, so it was just extremely interesting, and she had so many office hours, too, because it was not an easy class, right. um, which really appreciated, so she would ha- Um, she would set up like at this little coffee shop in Bridgewater Center and you can go there and she would read your work and help you out and it was really nice and a lot of teachers offer help like that
0: yeah wow that's so cool okay that's awesome Um, all right a little bit more about um, the school too what is like the food like on campus like do you guys have um, like Places to eat? Do you guys have cafes? I know because it is like a little bit of the town area too. I'm sure you can kind of access the town restaurants too.
1: Yeah. So when I was, um, I went to I my first dorm was Shea Durgan, and the closest dining hall to that was called ECC. And so basically, Bridgewater had three different options for dining. Um, There was like a silver plan, which was just like uh, dining dollars and um so basically you would use that money to just pay for your food whatever you want what however much it costed you would just pay for it until your money ran out and then there was a gold option where you would only have like meal swipes so you would have a certain amount of dollars and then you would also have a certain amount of swipes so ecc was a place where you would just use one swipe per meal so say you had, I don't know, like, I honestly don't remember what not how many swipes you got with gold. If I had to guess, it would probably be like 300 for the whole year. Um, so if you wanted to go to ECC, you would have to have swipes. And then there's another dining hall called um, Crimson, which was basically um, kind of like a a food court where there would be a different types, not restaurants, but you would walk up and order, you know, whatever you wanted. They had like a fast food section they had you know Mexican in the middle and then they had you know like pasta or Italian and then they also had like um smoothies stuff like that and you would have to spend dining dollars on that but then there's another option called platinum where you could have dining dollars and meal swipes so it just depends on like what type of um, dining experience that you wanted to have Okay. That's cool. Was the food actually good though? Like, was it worth it? I thought so. I thought they had, being an athlete, obviously I wanted healthy options. So I tended to go more to ECC because they had a salad bar and every morning they had like an omelet, they would make you like, you know, whatever you wanted, a breakfast sandwich or omelets or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, they had unhealthy options. Like there was always pizza. There was always pasta, but basically... The food was pretty good overall uh, mm-hmm. and if you really didn't like something you could just walk right over to crimson and just order something there too so it wasn't too bad okay, okay. well that's good um,
0: speaking of just like walking over and stuff what would you say like the safety was like on campus because? I think that's kind of a big concern too for some students, especially if they're kind of leaving their hometown or anywhere and going literally across the country or across the world to go to colleges. I know parents are also concerned about that. Did you feel like you felt pretty safe kind of being around the campus and walking alone? I absolutely
1: felt safe on campus. Um, There is a lot of, so it's hard to explain, but Bridgewater itself is a smaller campus. I know it takes about 20 minutes to get from one side to the other. But very quickly you could be off campus and there's a lot of like you know off-campus apartments that aren't even affiliated with bridgewater they're just um, owned by landlords and you can rent apartments and stuff Um, and there's so much off-campus housing and apartments Um, and so when you get off campus it's still very safe because it's a residential area there's just locals who live like right next to college kids and it's fine Um, So I always felt safe. And when I was in school, I don't know if they have it anymore, but they had a safety bus that would run until like two in the morning. So, uh, and there was always people taking the bus all night long. So you were never really alone. Um, And the police are very active in the community. They're always driving around. And so I think it's very safe. That's, that was my opinion. And all of my friends would agree with me for sure.
0: That is awesome. I'm really glad to hear that because I know that that at least for me was a big concern too. Because I moved from China all the way to uh, the United States, so I wanted to make sure that wherever I was going was safe. But uh, I'm sure a lot of parents kind of feel the same way. Let's kind of talk about your journey being on the soccer team and going to college. Like I know that at least at my school, the the students who were on sports teams, you know, we were a Division three school as well. You know they. I felt like they were pretty busy. They were always in training. Um, Sometimes they were away on tournaments or games. Did you find that it was okay, like being able to balance both the sports and the school, but also if you wanted a job, like you mentioned, was that all kind of helped out and were coaches understanding and all that?
1: So that's a great question. I loved the rushing around. Being a student athlete was really fun for me um it I didn't play my freshman year because I tore my ACL in high school so I was a little nervous to get back to it I feel like not playing my freshman year was helpful because it kind of you know gave me I felt much more comfortable managing my schedule so then when I became a sophomore and I walked onto the team I was much more able to manage myself I think it would have been stressful as a freshman to especially because soccer is right in the fall, like right the first semester. So it's kind of a lot to take in. But when I finally got on the soccer team, um, it was definitely manageable, but you get first choice for classes if you're an athlete. So you basically get um, the best times for your classes because practice is always at 3.30. So, um, but athletes would work with their coaches. Um, You know, If there happened to be a class that was mandatory that they couldn't take in the spring, um, they would sometimes have to leave classes early and coaches, my coach was great about it, um, but other coaches were not so great about it. But I think that's just something, if, if you study your, if you know, if you have a good advisor who sets you up for success and kind of lets you know, like, you know, this class is mandatory and you have to take it in the fall. So talk to your coach now before you sign up, you have to be really prepared um, to defend yourself basically. Um, but in terms of work, Um, every semester, you would apply for hours. And you know, you tell your boss, I'm an athlete, I have practice, so and so blah, blah, blah. Um, But they would help you find coverage if you couldn't make a shift. And um, overall, it's definitely doable. But when you're in the semester that you're um, playing a sport is very, very tough. Um, So it's a lot to manage. But once the season is over, then you kind of have a chance to You know, get back to you know normal. You're not rushing around as much, but it's definitely doable to be a successful student athlete and work. But you have to really set yourself up for success and understand like the classes that you need, what times you're available. You have to really study your schedule and figure it out.
0: Yeah, it sounds like definitely just being a you know student athlete and just wanting to work or anything like that. You know, I feel like by default you kind of learn organizational skills and Absolutely managing all your projects and all that so I feel like yes it's tough but at the end of the day you come out with it kind of having these skills and honing these skills so it kind of better prepares you for the future um, when you like graduate school and you start your job Um, so I feel like there that is definitely good but yeah I agree that does sound tough. (laughs)
1: Um, Another thing I wanted to mention too is another great thing about Bridgewater State is athletic training is another huge major there. Mm -hmm. So the athletic training program is very strong and they very much encourage athletes to take advantage of their resources. Yeah. So since I was struggling coming back from an ACL injury, I I would walk into the trainer's office every day, whether I was in, in my, in my season or not. And they would help me and they would give me workouts and help me like rehab myself. So it was basically like having free physical therapy, which I thought was something that athletes did not take enough advantage of. Sure. Um, so that's another thing I would definitely recommend if anyone listening to this podcast, if they're going to Bridgewater state for a sport, definitely take advantage of the athletic training. Yeah, Uh, for for sure. Definitely.
0: Um, so just being a part of a sports team and all, you know, I kind of think of it as like, you're kind of with your sisters, right. And it's a big team. I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. um, do you guys ever get into like fights or like <laughs> clashes? Like how do you guys deal with those situations cuz I'm sure you spend a lot of time together and there will be times where you guys disagree and things. Like how is that kind of resolved?
1: I feel like, you know, there's always drama with any type of large group like that. Yeah. Um, I think it takes really good leadership to deal with it and not let it get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I think it helped me. I had my own separate life. I didn't a lot of girls on my team lived with each other. So they were just surrounded by each other constantly. Right. Uh, which Some people worked in their favor, but for me, I had my own separate life. I had like my work friends and just friends I made on my own before I made the soccer team. So it kind of helped to have a second life. Yeah. Because when soccer is like your main thing, it's hard to to have a well-rounded experience in college. Um, right. And if you do get in a fight with them and- you know, something really bad goes down and it kind of ruins your experience for the, you know, whether it be for that semester or not. So I feel like it's an opportunity to make friends playing soccer, but uh, you can't just rely on one thing. You really have to try and, you know, make friends with as many people as you can. Definitely. And um, if you do run into a problem on a soccer team, anyone who plays a sport knows that you you have to deal with it responsibly and respectfully. You can't just let it get worse. Right.
0: Yeah. I love to hear that. That's great. Um,
1: oh, okay, so in general, like how would you
0: then describe what like the culture at Bridgewater State is like? Is there a lot of, you know, school spirit and do people like come to the games and cheer you guys on?
1: So it depends on your sport, the football team, so much support for them. Like yeah. every, you know, Sunday, every time there was a game, the bleachers are packed. Um, so that was always fun and the girls basketball team and the boys basketball team were both very good. They always had really good um, crowds at their games. Um, but, you know, for soccer, not so much. Uh, the boy, it, you know, it struggles Like girls soccer didn't get too much crowds, but we did, you know, it wasn't like we didn't get anyone, but it just depends on the sport. And um, a lot of programs still need time to grow. And get support from the rest of the college. But for the most part, you know, there's a lot of school spirit. Like if we made the state tournament and we had a home game, the bleachers would be packed, definitely. Um, so it just depends really. But I would say the biggest sports would be um, football and basketball were the two huge ones. Okay. Um,
0: it just kind of having experience, you know, your college, life and being on a sports team is there something that you wish you had known before kind of going into that journey that you wish someone had told you whether it's about being on a sports team or whether it's about kind of managing your time and figuring everything out
1: um I feel like I had I got really good advice and um I feel like the biggest problem that a lot of my friends dealt with was financial aid yeah I mean Bridgewater. I chose Bridgewater state because I got really good financial aid. Um, I had, so me and my two sisters and my brother were all in school at the same time. So we got great financial aid and we all got the Abigail Adams scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on top of that, Bridgewater state, just being an in-state in college was just so much more affordable than anything else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends didn't get a lot of financial aid and they still went mm-hmm. and they still they are struggling to pay their student loans for just a, you know, for just like a degree from a state school, which I feel like is I feel like, you know, even though we all had we loved Bridgewater State and, you know, we made great friends and stuff, I don't yeah. think it's really worth it if you're paying, if you have to pay a hundred grand to go to Bridgewater State, I don't think it's worth it. So I feel like that's something that kids really need to take into consideration, like just because you really may like the school. Um, if you don't get good financial aid, I think what I'm basically trying to say is just make sure you're making a good financial decision and that there's always scholarships and grants out there um, to try and just pursue as many as possible. Definitely. Uh, and also to look for work study. That was another great, uh, I got work study in my financial aid package. So that really helped me find a job because a lot of A lot of work study jobs want kids because they have all this money from the government that they just want to give away to workers. Whereas if you don't have work study it's really hard to find a job. Um, So that's one thing I would definitely um, advise students. And then if you're, if you are, um, for me like being a teacher I needed to complete my mtels, and everyone told me get your mtels done early so you don't have to stress out about it. And I. You know, kind of waited till my last year, and I was definitely under the gun a little bit. I was definitely scared that I wouldn't complete everything by graduation. Yeah. So, if that is a path that, you know, students are looking into, just to maybe look into taking all of those standardized tests your junior year instead of your senior year is an, another piece of advice I would say.
0: Right. Well, that's great advice, and I I feel like a lot of students will appreciate that a lot. Um, the thing about financial aid also is really a big thing too. Is um, I feel like a lot of students don't actually realize how many different like scholarship opportunities there are available for people to apply to before they go to college. Mm-hmm. So definitely taking advantage of that, and like you said, you know, making a right financial decision when it comes to colleges um, because it could be a, a big burden later on which could be quite um, challenging um all right so in terms of just like bridgewater state and helping you you know move on because i know you graduated like a couple years ago has bridgewater state like really helped you in terms of just figuring out where you want to go and maybe helping you apply to those f- first few jobs or any internships or anything like that?
1: So Bridgewater State was great with that. I mean, the one good thing about being a state school is that they force you to get your certification before you graduate, Uh whereas a lot of private schools, they allow you to graduate without that. Okay. So Bridgewater State definitely forces you to complete, to go through all of those hoops before you graduate so that it sets you up for the best path in life, which definitely worked in my favor. Yeah. Um. And they force you to make a resume, they teach you how to network with schools, and they basically make you do it as an assignment before you graduate, which was great, because when you're a senior, you basically just want to coast out, and they don't let you do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good to hear that they're kind of holding you guys all accountable and making sure that you're feeling prepared one way or another.
1: It's overwhelming when you're in the moment, but then when you look back, it's definitely necessary for sure.
0: Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, In terms of just like connections and
1: alumni, do you still talk to your Bridgewater State friends? I have every single friend I made in Bridgewater, I still talk to. Um, I had a great relationship with my teachers, but after the first or second year of being out of school, they asked me to come back and visit during break to try and talk to the kids and I wanted to but I worked at a school that didn't have February break so I wasn't able to come back right after that you kind of just fall into your own routine and you kind of just move on from college but if I was to reach out to any one of my teachers they would definitely email me back with resources in any way they could help
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love to hear that. I think that's also really important. It's just creating strong relationships with your professors. Because at the end of the day, like, they may know someone that could help you get a job or could get you an interview. So I love to hear that, you know, that relationship was kind of formed um, and strengthened over the years of being in college.
1: Yeah, Um, it's interesting, because college professors are so different from high school professors, like, they're, they're adults, and they have expectations for you, but they they also um, are just so much more, I don't know if personable is the word, but you can really create a real relationship with like, even after college, like you could actually be their friends. It's It's just a different relationship.
0: Yeah, I think it's like when you go into college, you're kind of looked at and treated as an adult. So it's really up to you what you do decide to do, whether you show up to class, whether you do the homework, you know, they're not gonna baby you or nanny you, like maybe some high school teachers do. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like they're there to kind of help you and teach you. But if you don't want that, then they're not gonna, they're not gonna really go out of their way to help you out. So I think that kind of forces students to become a bit more mature and grow up. And then that, you know, helps create that relationship that you talked about there. Uh, yeah yeah um awesome do you guys have any alumni events like since you graduated I know we kind of had COVID hit so it's probably been a little bit challenging but how has school done in terms of just reaching out to their alumni
1: so they definitely reach out for sure um for donations (laughs) (laughs) yeah um (laughs) but I would say the biggest alumni event is homecoming Mm -hmm. which I never attended, but some of my really good friends kept going for like three or four years after they graduated. So that's huge. And basically any alum, like no matter when you graduated, alumni is always welcome to the homecoming game or whenever. Yeah. But, and then, so my soccer team too, every single year since I've graduated, they've done a fundraising event where they get alumni to come play the current team. Yeah, basically just to raise money and uh, raise awareness of the team and help them out financially and stuff like that. So um, those are probably the two main ways that Bridgewater reaches out to alumni. That's awesome. That's great. Um, In terms of just like Bridgewater
0: State, I know we've spoken pretty highly of it and it sounds like you had an incredible time, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is something that you do wish was a little bit different about it or you wish or you didn't really like so much about Bridgewater State?
1: Um, that's a great question. <laughs> um, could we like circle back to that one?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, it is the last question. So oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I, mean, I guess if you want to think about it for now. And then, you know, we, we could kind of talk about what advice you would give instead to students who are in the process of applying to colleges right now, whether it's specifically to Bridgewater State, or just in general being a student athlete. Any advice that you would give to them right now as a high school junior or senior?
1: Um, as an athlete, I would say work really hard over the summer Mm -hmm. to get fit and just prove to the coaches that you're worth a shot. Uh, if you're fit and you play soccer, I feel like there's a spot for you, you know, if you put the work in, if you can run, you know, two or three miles with like a seven minute mile, I I feel like you can compete very well. This is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and also if you're you just got to be on top of all the requirements you have to have all of your health records done you have to make sure you're on top of getting your deposits in and be on top of financial aid do your research if you're taking out a loan just do the math on how long it's going to take you to pay that loan off and if that's something that you feel like you can do and uh, another huge piece of advice is some kids get refund checks Mm -hmm. from school and you should definitely just take that money and put it right toward your um, tuition because if you take that money, it just gets added onto your loan. And by the end of your college career, you could just have $10,000 more dollars that you could have just taken off of your tuition. Instead, you added onto it so that that could be a little setback for you. So just, I would be responsible with your money and just be on top of all the deadlines and um, don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: Yeah, love that. That's such insightful advice right there. It's asking for help, especially because I think at the end of the day, like everyone there is to kind of, there to kind of see you grow and prosper, your own teammates, your own coaches, your own professors. So never being afraid to kind of ask when you're struggling or if you're confused because, yeah. you know, you have people there who support you. That's awesome.
1: I would say also circling back to the other question you asked me about something I didn't like about Bridgewater State. <laughs> yeah. I truly liked it everything about Bridgewater. I thought they offered great dining hall experiences and the campus was safe and it was fun. They offered a lot of club sports too for kids who didn't want to play varsity sports. There was so much stuff. You could play club volleyball. You could play club flag football. Yeah, There was rugby for both girls and boys, which was huge. So I feel like they offered a lot of opportunity, but I would say that Bridgewater it all depends on the advisor that you get to help you plan your life. If you just have no idea, if you walk into your advisor's office and you have no idea what your major is and they put two options in front of you and you just pick one, a lot of kids just pick one and see what happens. You really need to do your research on all of the classes that you need. When, if they're offered in the fall or the spring, and then do the math and figure out when you're going to graduate because a lot of kids just go with the flow and they lean on their advisor and they get bad advice and Uh they end up taking another year a lot of kids suffer from having to do a whole nother year because they took the wrong courses or the course wasn't available and it's only available in the following semester so they have to stay longer right so i would just say whatever major that you choose, look up all the courses you need to take and do the math and figure out when if you're going to graduate on time. And that should definitely help you stay on track. You can't just depend on your advisor, because if you don't get a good advisor, it happens, you know, you can't blame them, you can only blame yourself.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I mean,
0: if you save a year of going to another year of school, that's a lot of money
1: right there, too. It, It really is. It's a lot of time and effort. And it could be a huge setback, too. So just remember like in college I would say the biggest advice is like you you can only depend on yourself Mm -hmm. like if you want to be successful you have to be organized and you have to reach out and be annoying and just you know (laughs) do all the stuff that you that you might that everyone did for you in high school like you have to be on top of all that stuff that's the biggest transition I would say right definitely
0: and some students have a hard time doing that so it's good to hear it from you know someone who's gone through it to kind of just give them a bit of a wake-up call like you're an adult now like take responsibility and make sure you're you know looking out for yourself and choosing the right things and right decisions
1: absolutely yeah Uh, and I never did it but studying abroad is another option that a lot of kids from Bridgewater State took advantage of too which could also be another great option
0: That's awesome. Can you study abroad when you're um, on a sports team? Is that kind of an option that's
1: also available for you guys? So you can't study abroad when you're in season, obviously, um, or else you just have to leave the team. (laughs) Yeah. But you can, you definitely do it. You just have to do it in the off season.
0: Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right, are, are they like kind of like um, popular places that a lot of students like to go to? Because I know at our school we had Copenhagen was a really big one. Um, really, anywhere in Europe was pretty big.
1: Yeah, so I just looked it up to see if it's still there, and it is. There was an, a huge, um, a very popular pizza shop called Chessman's, and they were basically open all night. So uh-huh. that was a huge one. Uh, Bridgewater House of Pizza was good, um, and there's the bar situation is much different from when I was um, there. So I don't really know about the bars, but they have a lot of great little restaurants. Because like I said, it's like um, just a little town with a lot of bunch of little shops. They have like thrift stores and they have um, nice little breakfast shops. I know one's called Brianna's and, you know, uh, and another one was called the three sisters or something like that. Mm. Um, but a lot of great off-campus restaurants and food options too, for sure.
0: Wait, I'm so sorry. I was mentioning like study abroad locations.
1: <laughs> I thought you meant, um, I thought you meant like restaurants like outside of campus. <laughs> but I actually have no idea about that because I oh. didn't look into studying abroad. But I yeah. know one of my friends went to Italy okay fun 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 okay great
0: um already well this is all the questions that i had planned for you i really again want to say thank you so much for being on this podcast and again thank you to all of our listeners make sure you subscribe share this podcast with your friends and family and please remember to follow us on instagram facebook youtube and linkedin and leave a comment about what other universities or colleges you would like to learn more about and we'll see you soon thanks lauren thanks ashley